there and welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. It's Thursday 11th of August 2016, a very good morning to you. I don't know what time of day you're going to be listening to this, so I'll say good afternoon and good evening to you as well. It's a beautiful day here in the UK right now, and uh, it's one of those mornings that you feel good to be around. Now, this is going to be a very short episode today. Uh, forgive me for that, or maybe you're thinking, thank heavens for small mercies. But uh, I've got such a lot on at the moment. I've got... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great problem to have. I have video clients coming out of my ears all of a sudden, and... Um, yeah, it's it's wonderful because I enjoy making those videos. As you know, I enjoy rising to the challenges. I think it was only yesterday I was talking about rising to challenges that uh, face me on a daily basis. And it's cool. Once you make that mental shift, challenges become fun. They're no longer problems. They're puzzles to be worked on and to be worked out because you know and you accept that you are the one that's responsible for doing it. And here's the secret. Make it fun when that happens. In fact, a friend of mine, I've mentioned him several times already, Sam Crowley. He always says when something crops up that uh, is probably not to his liking, he just says, well, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Instead of going crazy and throwing toys out of pram. Now, isn't that interesting? But if you can make those challenges fun, if you can make those problems fun, do so. Now, what I wanted to do, and this was actually sparked, believe it or not, I was online looking at the weather forecast for the next week or so. You know those banner headlines, those ad adverts, those banner ads that come up on websites, and you think, how the heck did they think that I might possibly be interested in that? Because I don't know if you know this, that those ads, the reason you see so many that you actually like is because you're tracked. You're tracked around the internet. Nothing sinister about it, or though some people try and read something sinister into it. You're tracked around the internet, and if you're interested in something, hey, you'll get to see uh, adverts about that. Have you ever noticed when you go on to, I don't know, Amazon, and you're looking at a particular product on Amazon, and you click away, and for the next two or three days, and in fact, even longer, what happens? You see ads for that very product, that very same product that you were looking at popping up all over the net. Well, that's because they're, they're tracking you. It's a thing called retargeting. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is one of the ads that appeared on the weather forecast site, the Met Office site here in the UK, was for a specialist classic car sales room. Now, I have shown no interest whatsoever in classic cars. I mean, that's not true. We used to, when Carol and I were first together living in London, we used to live opposite a classic car showroom. I'm going back very nearly 40 years. And there were the most amazing cars in there. I don't know if you've ever seen the the sort of gullwing Mercedes and that sort of stuff. That was the sort of market they were in. Multi-millionaire type stuff. But we lived, uh, and I won't go into the details of how this happened, but we lived in among a load of embassies. We, We were both poor as church mice but we were living in Kensington in among all the embassies. So there were some incredibly wealthy people around us. But anyway, that's about as far as the extent of my interest, shall we say, active interest in classic cars goes. I can appreciate their beauty. I can appreciate the line. I can appreciate the engineering that goes into it. But, you know, I could take them or leave them. So I was interested in the fact that this added 
come up. And that intrigue got me to clicking on the ad. Sorry, I've cost that advertiser some money because they pay every time somebody clicks to go through and uh, I've absolutely no intention of buying a classic car. Now, this particular classic car, and I, hang on, I'm just going to get up the site here. Here we are. It is, now it's a beautiful site. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with this. The cars there are eye-wateringly beautiful. They're all E-types, Jaguar E-types from the 1960s. And I'll tell you, in case you're in the market for a Jaguar E-type, uh, fully restored from the 1960s, I can tell you, go to newforestclassiccars.com. Newforest, as it sounds, newforestclassiccars.com. Because there you will see some beautiful, beautiful cars. And when I tell you that the cheapest that they have there, which isn't as yet unrestored, and here we are, 1966 Series 1 Jaguar, as yet 0% complete, is £60,000. But the general range is between 230000 and £280,000. That's a lot of money, isn't it? A quarter of a million pounds. So what's that? About $350,000, something of that sort? Now, here's the thing. Even if somebody gave me one of these, I wouldn't really want it because along with that gift comes a heck of a responsibility. These are beautiful machines. And I can totally understand how people get wrapped up in this. But they need care and attention. And I can tell you, I have never lavished care and attention on a car in my life. It just doesn't enter into my realm of thought. I can tell you now, I, I used to drive 25,000 miles a year on uh, business miles. I enjoy driving, but I now drive probably 3,000 miles a year. Seriously. Because I work from home, I live in a village, I walk around the village, I enjoy my life here. And that's what I want. Now, when I was driving all those business miles a year, I had, and I still have, a relatively nice car. Nice leather interior, air conditioning, or climate control, or all the, all the, you know, it's a nice car. But to me, it was just a tool of the job. To me, it was how I got from my home office here out to meet my clients. That's all it was. In fact, no, I tell a lie. It served a, a greater purpose than that. It was my schoolroom, actually. Because what I'd do is I would listen to the radio and I would listen to CDs and try to educate myself while I was out and about. And some may say, well, you didn't do a very good job. But it was my schoolroom. That's as far as it went. Now, these cars, as I say, are totally beautiful. And look, if you're in the market, go to that newforestclassiccars.com because I'm sure they'll do you a great deal. Hey, tell them I sent you. <laughs> they won't know me from Adam, but you can try it. I don't think they'll offer you a discount, though. But the point of all this is, these are somebody's dream. These are what somebody would sell his or her grandmother to own. But they're not mine. They're not my dream. I'm happy. I'm delighted that these things are in the world. I'm delighted that somebody gets such pleasure out of maintaining them, out of driving them, out of showing them off, out of whatever. I, I'm happy for that to happen. But it's not my dream. And the reason I'm telling you that is when you're thinking about what your dream life is, when you're thinking about how you see yourself living your life on purpose, be sure that it's your dream. 
and not somebody else's. Because if it's not your dream, if it's the dream you think somebody else thinks you ought to have, the chances are you won't achieve it. Because you won't be motivated to. But if on the off chance you did achieve it, you'll be left feeling empty. Because it's not your dream. No doubt, you or I, if we really set our minds to it and decided that one of these £280,000 cars, $350,000 cars, $400,000 cars, whatever it is, was what we really, really wanted above everything else, we could do it. Now, I'm not saying we could reach down the back of the couch and find the small change to pay for it, but we could set ourselves that goal and we could achieve it. So it's not that the dream is too big. It's that it's not my dream. So make sure that when you're deciding what it is you want to go after, you want to dedicate your life to, that it's your dream and yours alone. Hope you've enjoyed that. Hope this has been useful to you. If it has, head over to iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're not going to miss another episode. And there's a very special one coming up tomorrow. Spoiler alert. No, I'm not going to spoil it. But there is a very special one coming up tomorrow. Well, it's special for me anyway. Head over to iTunes. Subscribe. Leave me a comment. Tell me what you like best about these podcasts. Leave me a bunch of stars as well. You can hit me up on Twitter at Aussie Air. You can email me, Aussie, at whensmytime.com. Oh, by the way, if you do leave me a review over at iTunes, I'll be sure to read it out in some future podcasts. And thank you in advance for that. And don't forget, over at whensmytime.com right now is available to you a video I shot. It's almost 40 minutes in length. And in it, I reveal the top 10 things I've learned since I decided to leave the corporate life back in 2010. So that's there, absolutely free, no charge to you whatsoever. That's over at whensmytime.com. And with that, and I've already talked about three times as long as I intended to do today, because I did promise you it was going to be a very short one. With that, I'd like to thank you for spending time with me this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. I'm Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com. And I'm here to tell you, your time is now. Now.